For bullshit free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of 2, 5, and 10. Uh, Benny, we got a big docket on this one. Yeah, docket's a good word. I like yeah, that. Yeah, legal terms. Yeah, so uh, I guess it's a hip hop episode instead of the rap episode. Hip hop hooray. Yeah. Um, So, the big news, obviously, that started coming, anticipated news that started coming down towards uh, mid January when players started, you know, randomly taking leaves of absence from their team. At first, I texted you, I was like, I am so sick and tired of these soft ass dudes that need to take a mental break in the middle of a season. And then after this, after uh, that was when Dubé left, and then when Hart left, I was like, "Wait a minute, weren't they on Team Canada together?" And then I looked up, I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so yeah, five players, four of them are currently signed and playing in the NHL. Uh, Michael McLeod and Cal Foot from the New Jersey Devils, Dylan Dubé from the Flames, Carter Hart from the Flyers, and Alex Formanton, who's playing in Europe right now. Uh, they were all. They all went to Canada, surrendered to the police, and today it was announced that uh, Foot, Dubé, Hart, and Formington were charged with one count of sexual assault, and McLeod was charged with two counts of sexual assault. Um, And the London police released a statement saying that they met the victim at a bar, they went back to the hotel room, and that's where the sexual assault took place. Before we get into it, I actually have a legitimate question here. If there is only one girl, right, how is McLeod charged with two counts of sexual assault, but the others are only charged with one? It's, I don't know. I'm curious to see what this investigation brings yeah. up because I, I wondered the same thing because I think it was, it was either yesterday or Saturday they had come out and stated that McLeod got charged with another charge. And yeah. it's like – all right, like, how does that happen that he gets one more compared to everybody else? So, yeah, definitely, I, I mean, worrisome in the least. This is a stain that is all over Hockey Canada. Like, just something that they knew about, that they allowed, that they even settled with in civil court. Five years ago. And now we are back here. I just think at some point, whether it was the London police or whether it was the victim, this got reopened up, reopened up big. And now it is like NHL is front page news for not for the good, right reasons. 
Yeah. And that, as soon as the news broke before the All-Star game, I was like, and again, the only reason why the NHL is going to be in the news, like in the general news, is going to be for something bad. Um, so, like you said, the London police initially, they opened up an investigation uh, because the victim went to the police right away. And the London police said that there were insufficient grounds for charges. Um, and a second investigation was opened by London police in 2022, resulted in new evidence and interviews with more witnesses, a.k.a. teammates. So there is one player that is anonymous in all of this, um, has cooperated fully with the police, stated that the night of the incident, uh, he got a text message from one of the involved parties to come up to the room because there is a party and they have pizza and booze. Went up to said room, walked in and saw, I, I believe the word that they used, they said that they saw the sexual assault happening, but at first they didn't label it as an assault. And then they said, so said party left five to 10 minutes later. And the only question so said party had was, he did not know if what was going on was consensual or not, but that was also because he had got there and the act was already happening. So obviously whether it was how intoxicated so said party was or whatever happened behind closed doors there, this other person who was cooperating, but has not been charged, not been named, uh, Felt very uncomfortable, to say the least, as to walking into uh, the Sausage Fest. I mean, well, my thing is, there was an investigation five years ago, and he he knew this, and he didn't say shit then. So now what's the change of heart? I think the change of heart is he may be a star defenseman for the Avalanche. <laughs> is, I mean, he was, a... he was still a fourth overall pick and a star player in 2018. Not in the NHL, but... I don't know. I just, I, that is an assumption that is not that is not a hundred percent fact, but that is just something that I believe. Yeah, that was the whole cons- not concern, but I guess it was like, could you imagine if uh, a car was involved? And I was like, the whole rumor mill of like Hockey Canada, how many players were involved, how many are going to get charged, and then you look down a roster, and you're like, there's some pretty uh, popular names on this roster. Yes, and. Obviously, this isn't the only run-in Hockey Canada has had, which is, makes this a little bit worse. I mean, the management team, once this came back around, they have all resigned. Um, so they have a complete new management team with Hockey Canada. They also had rumors of the – well, not even rumors because it was true. They had a video of it. Of the 2003 World Junior Team in Halifax, there were three players – that were with a completely unconscious woman and there was a video of it. And I'm like, I, at what point is enough enough? And don't get me wrong. I want to tread the line here and tread water. I, I understand that in Canada, these guys, especially that world junior team year in and year out for that one week after Christmas, they're rock they are, stars. They are the focal point of that country. 
Yep. Everybody knows who they are. So with that, I think, and I mean, they're not adults, but let's just get that clear. I mean, the World Juniors under 20, the U20 championships, I mean, they're. I wouldn't consider them adults. I would say summer of 18, they're in the right cognitive standing, but not completely adults yet. I think we can both agree on that. I, mean, I just I, think that you, you got to be careful. I mean, the other thing is, if you're that popular, and obviously you are playing for Team Canada in Canada, you don't need to do this to get some ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, so it's like, what's the thought process behind this here? Do you, so now just a random thing between the States and up North, obviously being able to drink at 18 had a massive part in this. Yeah. I mean, do, do you think Canada tries to bump up the drinking age? Nah, I don't think they're going to try and do anything like that. I think, uh, I mean, it's a bad situation. I think that they're going to isolate it to just Team Canada and justice is happening because now they've been charged and the bad apples that covered it up are gone. So, like, let's turn the page and move past it. And I think that's what they're going to try and do here. If more stuff starts coming out of other players from other years, like you said, the rot, how far does it go? Um, but, yeah, I don't know, man. It's... It, <sighs> I'm talking strictly in hockey terms. It could have been a lot worse for the NHL. I'll just say that. I, I still think there's time. Yeah. But right, right now, you are innocent until proven guilty. But if all five of you were guilty, that's not good. I mean, New Jersey Devils, two of your younger players gone, no bueno. And like just, probably uh, going to prison or serving jail time, and then other oh, visas going to get revoked, so then they can't come play in, in the U.S. for two years, three years, or something like that. So, well, well, that is another thing. They said, uh, depending on how it goes or falls out, um, the only person that would be able to come back and play would be Cal Foot. Because he's an American born. Because he, well, yeah, he has dual citizenship, so that is the yeah. only one that could do it. So, <sighs> yeah, I don't know, little, uh, little ugly, my friend. Yeah, and if anybody's listening and they're gonna say something like, "Oh my God, I can't believe their only concern or only topic was how it impacts." Hockey. Yeah, it's a fucking hockey podcast. If you want a legal podcast, there's plenty out there you can probably download and listen to the legalities of the case or people's point of view. I don't give a fuck on a hockey podcast. I I plead the fifth. <laughs> you know, I did I was gonna make a bad joke, but I wasn't gonna do it about uh the old the old saying. <laughs> yeah, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you when we're done. <laughs> I, w I won't touch that one right now. <laughs> but, yeah, so we'll see when more facts come out. So they are in custody in Canada. Obviously, whatever happens legally is 
going to impact them. Uh, but the NHL, they're going to bring the hammer down on these kids. Well, boy, men at this point. Like, they're going to make an example out of this shit because they're going to want to show, especially in today's climate, like, and the whole Blackhawks scandal that happened. Like, they basically banned one of the top five coaches in the history of the sport from coaching again because he played a role in covering up a thing. He didn't actually assault anybody. So I'm assuming these types of got players, they're going to be like, yeah, you're suspended indefinitely, and, and you can apply for reinstatement every year, but it's up to the commissioner. Yeah, on the other end. So, all right, moving on to actual hockey discussion. Uh, we got two trades this week to pretty much kick off trade deadline season. Uh, the first one was the top center on the trade market. Elias Lindholm gets traded from Calgary. To the Vancouver Canucks, uh, the Canucks send Andre Kuzmenko, uh, prospect, prospects, defenseman Hunter. I'm not even going to try that last name. And, and uh, Yoni Junimo and a 2024 first round pick and a conditional fourth round pick in 2024. Uh, and Lindholm is a pending unrestricted free agent. So what do you think about the return? And then what do you think about the fit? I think the return, I think Calgary did well. I I actually think that Vancouver almost didn't give up enough, but I think Calgary was scared that was going to be the best offer they were going to get, and they had to take it, which I understand that completely. Um, Going a little bit more in depth with it, I mean, great pickup for Vancouver, a team that's actually been rolling and someone else to throw into that lineup. Um, Yeah, I mean, you're always a big advocate on uh, when people receive prospects, you're getting a lottery ticket. So, I mean, going to Calgary, a team that is going to probably be rebuilding because no one wants to commit to there, uh, take as many lottery tickets as you can get. I mean, you should hopefully get hit on one of them, right? Yeah, hopefully. And Kuzmenko, he had a nice year last year, struggled a bit this year, so he's going to get guaranteed top six uh, playing time and power play time, so maybe he can regain his touch with the uh, with the Canucks, I mean with the Flames. Um, when the trade first happened, my response was also like, that seems like pretty light. But then, again... You never see mega deals go down unless it's like a legitimate once in a lifetime franchise guy who happened to be on a trade. It'd be like if Dry Sidle got traded. That's the one time you'll see like a team mortgage their future for a player. Uh, I like the deal for Vancouver. They're, I mean, one of the highest scoring teams. Uh, they're slightly weak down the center position, and now they bring in one of the better two-way centers in a sport to slot in as 2C or 3C. Um, or if you want to put JT over to the wing, now he's your 1C. So a lot of flexibility for Vancouver. I think I, I like that they struck first. Don't let don't let somebody else set the market for you. You set the market. So they got their guy, and now they can focus on probably just like depth additions for like the bottom six. And now since we're on the topic of Vancouver, we're already there. I mean – how deep do you think this team can go? I mean, they seem to be 
so far pretty good. I did see a rumor that they were trying to possibly now after adding Lindholm go and ship out Zadorov, even though they just got him. <laughs> but my thing is their D is big. Like they have yeah. some big boy defensemen where I think once his playoff time comes around, makes it a little bit harder, a little bit more difficult for other teams to go in there. I mean, I've always been a huge fan of uh, Big D, especially in the playoffs. I mean, hard defensemen will win you championships. Yep, and I think they have a chance just because they you can win a lot of games with a good core forward group that can put up points and a above-average goaltender. And then you have Quinn Hughes and leading the back end. Like they have the talent. It's funny how, obviously, some guys are having years because of development and f- better fits and systems. But the contrast from Green to Tocket and Boudreaux to Tocket. <laughs> so I don't know. It's I think they they have a chance. I like it's going to be fun, dude. Like I know we were shitting on the West, but now that Vancouver made that jump, and even in our season preview, we compared them to Winnipeg, where we're like, we can't quit them. Like they have the talent, and one of these years, it's just going to hit on it, and they're going to catch lightning in the bottle and go on a run. And now it's happening. Edmonton turned their season around, uh, winning four hundred and five games in a row, um, and then you have Vegas, me Vegas, and then. You know, it's going to be a good little battle out there. Yeah, excited to see how it is. Now, speaking of the West, because we're already out there, I mean, Edmonton on the verge of making history, currently with a 16-game winning streak. Uh, I guess picking up Knobloch was a great fit. Dude, I, when the Rangers were looking for a coach, I all summer I kept banging that drum saying, maybe you don't – Maybe he's not the right fit for right now, but I would promote him to be an associate coach to keep him in your organization because everybody who's gone through Harford loves the dude. And they've always played well, and he's very well respected. And, you know, obviously the Rangers aren't going to block him from getting promoted to be an NHL boss. Uh, so he goes to Edmonton, and I don't know. They, they basically did nothing except change coaches. <laughs> And they just are lighting the league on fire. So good for him. He deserves the break. And uh, I wish the Rangers could have kept him in. It would have been a nice little transition from when Laviolette is done to Knobloch. But what are you going to do? Can't win them all, my friend. Yeah. And then a second trade that happened, uh, also involving two Canadian teams, Uh the Canadians traded Sean Monaghan, who was probably either two or three in terms of centers available on the market, uh, to the Winnipeg Jets for a 2024 first-round pick and a conditional pick all the way in 2027, uh, you know, if the world's going to be around by then. So, first off, great asset management by Montreal. They, oh, yeah. they got a first-round pick to take on Monaghan. So Calgary can clear the cap space. They rehabilitate him. He puts up points. He does nothing but put up power play points. So, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the deal for Winnipeg if they think this solves anything besides having uh, the center version of Mike Hoffman. Um, But then you trade him 
for another first round pick. So great management there in terms of maneuvering around and using cap space to take on a guy and take on a flyer, knowing that if he stays healthy and puts up some points, you can flip him to another team. That's exactly what they did. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I love this trade all around. I think that, uh, Monaghan getting out of town, probably the best for him. I know he's had some struggles, but I mean, I don't think there's ever been a question as to if he didn't have the talent or not. So being able to go to a place like Winnipeg and a team that's actually playing pretty good. I mean, maybe a new face in a new place makes, uh, makes the points come back to you too. Yeah. And again, not driving play at five on five. I think a little over half of his points are on a power play. I don't know how much of an impact he's going to have where it's like, man, uh, if it wasn't for Monaghan, the Jets would be screwed. I think he can serve a nice little role, but if this is their big addition, and I know they gave up a first-round pick now, but if this is their big addition, I feel a little hollow in terms of if I'm a Jets fan going into the playoff push. Yeah, I mean, that's the questionable mark. I mean, I still think, in general, the Jets are a very good team. This makes them a little bit better. I just wonder if there's any other moves they make at the deadline. Maybe there's another D guy they bring in. Maybe it's a little bit more of a depth forward, but yeah, I, I don't know. And then, staying out west, the Kings, who started off the year so hot, so hot out, out in the sun. Uh, basically imploded in the month of December, uh, month of January, leading to the firing of Todd McClellan, who I think the last episode we recorded were complimenting how good of a coach Todd McClellan is. <laughs> um, so he gets the boot and a scapegoat. Um, he started the year 28-5, and five, and then in January they went – they went 3-12, uh, and 12, and I think they lost, like, what, eight games in a row or something like that? It was um, like, yeah, it was a skid and a half. So he gets the boot. Uh, Kings legend Rob Blake gets a mulligan because, you know, it's always the coach that gets blamed first, not the guy that – it's always the uh, the waiter that gets blamed and not the cook first about what's on the plate. So yeah. the GM survives a little bit. Um, that PLD trade is – a disaster. Well, it's funny too, because you had Doughty come out and talk about certain people within the room saying, you know, they need to stop worrying about themselves. And, you know, this is a team sport. Yada, yada. And I forget who it was. Someone came out and said, that is a hundred percent about PLD because (laughs) that did it. And I'm like, Oh boy. And they signed him to that massive deal. That just makes like, this does not make it, easier by any means yep i mean he's worn out his welcome everywhere he's gone no one has liked him in a room that's why he got booted out of columbus that's why i thought he was going to force his way to montreal to be honest but um winnipeg dumps him now la made the mistake i don't mind the trade because you know we're trying to make a run you can add a young, big-bodied center who can put up 30-30. Okay, take the flyer, take the risk. And if it works out, then you give him the extension. But to give it to him sight unseen with his reputation, we were both like, ah, that's a lot of 
it's not even the money. That's just a lot of years for a guy who's basically considered like a piece of shit teammate. <laughs> Mistake. Uh, yeah, so Hamstrung there. I think he's not even playing center anymore. When the Rangers played the Kings, he was playing four flying left wing. Um, and he looked so disinterested. I think he had like 11 minutes of ice time, no shots on goal, no hits, no nothing. Um, so that's something that's really on Blake, not McClellan, but you got to make, you got to shake the room up somehow and try and save your season. And this is what they're trying right now. Uh, so we'll see if it works out for him. McClellan joins the list of coaches who this summer are going to get hired almost immediately from a team who has a vacancy. I think him and Galan come back this summer. Yeah. I mean, with all the firings that have happened this year in general, I think by the time we do get to summer, yeah, there's already a whole bunch of more than qualified people already on the market waiting for jobs, which is crazy. And, and Coach Q, I still think he comes back. I don't think he's going to want to go out on that suspension. So, No, uh, I, I said that too. I thought at some point someone is going to take a flyer on him. And one more thing, talking about all these moves in the Western Conference, how bad, do you, not for him because he's getting paid to be there, but how bad do you think Huberdeau feels in Calgary right now? Being like, why the fuck did I sign that extension? Uh, just, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, everyone's shipping out of town. I don't want to say you're stuck, but basically you're stuck there. And I don't think at this point as to how he's performed, anyone even has any interest in him. So yeah. he is there just kind of dead in the water, as they say. Um. And my thought was, and I know he signed a big, uh, a bigger free agent deal too, but I think if you eat some money, a team would bite on Kadri. I agree with that. I just think that was another one that I don't want to say they overpaid for Kadri. I think it was market. I don't think anyone's going to go that whole way now, though. It's You're going to have to eat a little bit to unload them. Yeah, so what is it? He signed 7-7 seven, seven or a little less? I think it was seven and seven, I believe. Yep, seven years. And a full no-movement clause. I hate these fucking no-movement clauses. Um, and then you have Huberdeau, ten and a half million for the next six years. And you get a no-movement. And you get a no-movement. <laughs> so, all right. Um, which brings us kind of moving along the uh, calendar since the last episode with the trades and firings and everything else brings us to the all-star weekend one did you watch any of all-star weekend and two do you care about all-star weekend (laughs) um so i did not get to watch we were jam-packed uh thursday friday saturday and sunday we had practice thursday night followed by friday night the whole team went to the umass lowell BC hockey game followed by Saturday. We had a game first thing in the morning. Then he had a basketball game. And then we went tubing Saturday night with the kids for Amanda's birthday, followed by practice first thing Sunday morning. Then he had a full ice game and then skills after. So yeah, no, I did not get a chance. <laughs> oh, so that's why you, you were such a good husband with the breakfast and coffee ready in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, that, that's that's the usual routine. Usually, I'm, uh, I'm usually up anyway, so I mean, getting up doesn't 
make a difference, you know? That's so, true. You're used to getting up early. Yeah, so it's not like it, it made a difference to me, but... If I wake up at 6, I'm like, man, I have a long-ass day ahead of me. <laughs> no, so so if I can uh, at least do that and make it a little bit easier, I definitely will. Yeah, so I didn't watch any of the All-Star game. I watched... Uh, the only thing for the skills competition that I watched was fastest skater because I wanted to see McDavid. And then I watched the uh, breakaway challenge because I wanted to see Igor. Um, and once those two were over, I skipped out. I watched Tate McRae's performance on YouTube the day after. And I literally didn't miss anything with the All-Star game. The only thing that I did that we did miss was uh, Kucherov just being a typical fucking Russian. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like, now on the other end, though, I mean, after seeing the Tate McRae performance, is that one of those, like, easily the MVP of the All-Star game? I mean, it's going to be my lasting memory, I'll say that. Um, by the way, the jerseys, when they first came out, I shit on them. I basically said the logo looked like, they look like different flavor of Dorito chips. Uh, the jerseys, but seeing them on the ice, they weren't that bad. No, I was gonna say I, the pictures that I saw were actually really nice as well. So, yeah, the blue, the blue and yellow ones, I think, were the better looking ones out of the four. But um, the All Star draft, I like that they did the draft. I can't believe that they did away with Mister Irrelevant, like <laughs> Mister Phil. Yeah, like way to just take something that's funny, like who's gonna be the last one? How is he gonna react? And all the other guys kind of clowning on him a little bit, and they take that away because let's not hurt anybody's feelings. Um, just be as nice as we can be. And the last thing was, uh, I love how Sid just skipped the player draft in a skills competition uh, and just went to go skate by himself in fucking Big Sky, Montana, and then flew for the All-Star game and then left right after the game was over. <laughs> Do you think part of that's wiggling his dick at McDavid saying, I'm still the big the big fish in this pond. Uh, I will say that I guess uh, no. So he was there for the skills competition. Sorry, he was he wasn't there for the lottery, not lottery draft. Um, so apparently, him and Bedard were part of like the uh, passers for I don't know what skills competition. Like, dude, we're so hardcore hockey fans. I don't even know what the name of the skills competitions were. That's how irrelevant it is. But I guess Bedard, his guy won. And as they were going back to where all the players were hanging out, uh, you could visibly see Crosby steaming that he lost to Bedard. (laughs) And, like, apparently, like, that pissed him off the rest of the night. And some of the beat guys that were there said in the locker room, he was – he was as angry as if the Penguins just got eliminated from the playoffs because he's so competitive that he's like, this fucking kid, his guy want like just talking to nobody but the air. (laughs) Funny because legitimately I can see it. Like just (laughs) competitive about everything. Yet again, don't know if it's good or bad. I just think that Sid being Sid where he just wants to win all the time and, yeah, I also don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, no. you know, it's the, the kid is always going to fire under him no matter what. Not a bad thing. You don't, you don't get to be sent to kid without a little bit of a fucking attitude. Yeah. So, um, all right. And then besides that, uh, I guess we can 
start talking a little bit about the second half. Uh, we can focus on our boys, uh, what we're looking forward to, or things that we're concerned about, or areas that they need to trade. You, you use a trade line to kind of hopefully fix uh, for the playoffs, push in the playoffs themselves. So do you want to kick it off, the boys up in Beantown? Uh, so my boys up north here, I mean, as of recently, I mean, they've been playing pretty good. I, I think in the last 10, we're 7-3. and three. Um, My biggest thing is how do we bounce back after the All-Star break? I always think that's one of those things where if you let it get too much, you because we had our week off after we played our last game that rolled right into the all-star game. So, so we've okay. been off a week, so probably 10 days now. So now it's a, are we back to work? Did we do it the right way? You know, we ended on a good note. We rolled right through it. And then B it's, can we stay injury free? Cause I feel like throughout there, we haven't had any massive injuries where guys have been out a long time, except for the foreboard one. But you know, there's been a lot with McAvoy where, all right, he's been out a week or two. Okay pull him back in. Okay, now Grizzlick's out a week or two. Yeah. So it's as to how consistently healthy we can stay. And then my only other question slash concern is we have gotten production from other places, but will it continue? And that's what I don't know. So just kind of going towards the finish line here about all that. I mean, we're about, what, a month away from the trade deadline at this point? March 8th is the deadline. March 8th, so so a month and a couple of days away. So, yeah, I mean, we will see what this team plans on doing, if anything. And that's what I just, I don't know what to expect when it comes down to that, at least at this current time i i mean i haven't had any rumored people or things like that i mean what's crazy is the one rumored person i always see since forever noah hannafin rumored to be you know linked to boston again that's like that's great i get he's a local kid deep another small offensive defenseman <laughs> yeah i mean well what are we gonna send him grizzly so we got like three inches taller now we have the same thing. so it's like i don't know we'll see what happens and that's a good spot to be in, I mean, in a sense of, like, see how the next two weeks play out and then formulate your trade deadline plan at that point. Uh, for us in New York, so we had the incredible start to the year, and we're still leading the division. And the fact that we're still leading the division after, I think, since December 19th, uh we're playing at a if it were, if we played at this pace over the course of an eighty-two game season, we'd have sixty-one points. Uh, so we've been struggling for a little over a month now. Uh, so that's how good of a start we have. The issue with us really is just, you know, teams in our division got hot. So Carolina, who everybody thought was going to be probably one or two in the division, now they're back to two after a slow start. Um, you know, Tampa Bay's turned it around. Florida's turned it around. So everybody's kind of getting bunched together. For the Rangers specifically, the two issues are they have they've basically played the entire season with one legitimate right winger, and they had Fox out for ten games, 
They had Kako out for 20 games. Heedle's been out since the sixth game of the season. And he's out for the rest of the year. And Igor has played like absolute dog shit. And they've still been able to have this type of season, which in a weird way with those struggles makes me believe in the team even more. You know what I mean? Where it's like, all we need is some reinforcements. Like, look, these guys are fucking battling here to get to where they are and overcoming some of these things. And they just need some reinforcements. So it's really about, they got to probably bring in, they need a 3C. Because right now the third center is Johnny Brodzinski. That's not going to work in the playoffs. So they need a 3C. They need a first-line right winger. And they probably need a fourth-line right winger as well, like a cheap depth guy. Like My favorite target right now is Oscar Sundquist from St. Louis. Sliding right in on a fourth-line next to Goodrow and VC, and you're set. Um, other than that, their defense is fine. Uh, you're not going to be making a trade for a goaltender with Igor being Igor and quick having a year he's having. So it's really just about trying to find guys to shore up that forward group and get the, get the boys rolling. You know what I mean? It's just, I think it finally came up to caught up to him of having Blake Wheeler, the corpse of Blake Wheeler playing first line minutes. Uh, Lafreniere has been fine on the second line. And then you've had Tyler Pitlick, uh, Johnny Brodzinski also played the wing. Uh, Alex Belzeal was playing for a little bit. Anton Lee was playing. Like these, these are the guys that were playing uh, third and fourth line minutes for us for the best team in the conference for most of the first half. So we just need to kind of push those guys down a depth chart a little bit. <laughs> um, the big concern is Igor, man. I don't know what's going on. I know he's a new dad. Maybe he's just fucking tired. You can speak to that more than I can. Uh, but he's looked awful year. He he's doesn't have the same confidence. He's playing further back in his net. Um, when he gives up one goal, the Rangers lead the league this year in giving up two goals in under a minute this season. So he gives up one goal, and he's going to give up another one almost immediately. So it's definitely a mental thing. It's not a talent thing. So I don't know what's going on with him. I, I think that's a dad bod. You get a little beat up, so you're not as <laughs> up. I understand that. I will say, you know, first game out of the All-Star break, and I know Igor went to the All-Star game, uh, but they still had two days off. Quick's the first goalie starting in game against Colorado tonight, not Igor. Well, I mean, you got to put the travel day into consideration. Yeah, so Laviolette said that Igor was going to spend today away from the team practicing with Benoit Allaire one-on-one, and he'll the quote was, I'll look to get him in at some point soon. Interesting. Just left it open so was, like that. And I was like, uh-oh, do we have a goalie controversy? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if there would be a controversy. I think, uh, I think they're seeing the same things that you are, and maybe uh, – they're going to try to hide him a little bit. Yeah. And deep down, I know what, what we, the Rangers need. If Igor is not going to snap out of it, we need a savior in goal. We need somebody who has the history of carrying a franchise that has no business, even sniffing playoff contention. And that man is playing in San Diego right now. And his name is Alex Stalock. <laughs> Listen, I'll take Albie in a heartbeat. You know that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where the Rangers are. I think they're 
they can't wait like the Bruins can. They got to make a move like immediately. And there's talk today that came out that the Rangers are trying to work out a deal with Anaheim for a package deal where they would get Vetrano and Henrique uh, in the deal to kind of short first line right wing and three C at one time. So, well, I guess beauty's in the eye of the beholder. I guess. I mean, <laughs> don't know if I'd be going so, for Henrique, but yeah. Um, my boy. So here's my guys. You ready? All right. Three C. Tommy Novak from Nashville. That's my boy. Fourth line right winger, Oscar Sundquist. I already said that one. And first line right winger, Anthony Duclair. Bring, bring me the Duke. Uh, I'd say I would stay far away from the fucking Duke. I am not a Duke fan. I mean, who's playing? Who's going to play well in San Jose? You know what I mean? No, but, but even forever, I had just never been a big Duclair guy. I think he just yeah. – he picks his spots too much for me. Just some days he shows up, some days he doesn't, and it's like, buddy, I know it's an 82-game season. You can't bring it every night. I understand that. But some nights I'm like, do-do-do-do-do, just, yeah. just waiting. It's slim pickings out there, man. I've been I've been scouting. <laughs> really, I, I think yeah. the problem is I'm not optimistic either. I'm just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, last, well, I have two questions for you before we get into uh, shout-outs. Yes, sir. Do you think New Jersey and Pittsburgh turn it the fuck on at any point? Uh, if it hasn't happened yet, no. I guess like 50 games into the year, and I know they're, like, they're tied with 51 points, only one point behind Islanders, who's actually up on Toronto right now. But... It's hard to, like, if you're New Jersey, even though the points, you look close, it's hard to leapfrog two to three teams in your own division because even if you're winning, their wins are going to offset your advance. You know what I mean? It's hard to hop over three teams. Yep. No, I I agree. Can you imagine if they both missed the playoffs? I mean, at this point now, though, uh, even with the coaching change in – with the Islanders, I still am not 100% confident in them either. So maybe one of them will leapfrog the Islanders to get in there. But Well, e- even still, right? So you have the wild card in the East. You have Toronto and Detroit tied at 58. And then New Jersey is seven points behind, and so is Pittsburgh. So even if you leapfrog the Islanders, you have to make up seven points over Toronto and Detroit to sneak into one of the two spots. And if both teams are going to make the playoffs. Both of them are going to have to leapfrog Toronto or or Tampa Bay if, they, if Toronto leapfrogs them. That's 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 a big ask, man. If you were betting on either one of them to make the jump, who would it be? Pittsburgh. Kills me to say it, but I feel the same. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in New Jersey this year. I know Hughes is expected back. That soft piece of shit. Guy gets hurt like every other day. Sneezing. Um, but I can't bet against Sully, Malkin, Latang, and Sid making one last like push for a wild card spot. Just one last one. Yep. Um, and my second question for you is, who do you got on Sunday? On Sunday, I mean, I, I guess there's a difference between a want and who I like. Um, yeah. I want the 49ers. I would like the 49ers to win. 
I think, unfortunately, Mahomes in this position thrives, um, always plays well. Kelsey always plays well in these big games. And I, I think the experience is on their side. So I, I am going with the Chiefs, but I, w- I would like for the Niners to win. Same. I don't. I can't deal with a Taylor Swift Kelsey kiss at midfield with confetti falling on him. With time, uh, with on. Yeah, Jesus. Um, when you're like, there's difference between want and like, and I was like, what are you describing my dating life? <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm in the same boat. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the same boat. I don't want Kansas City to win, but I'm nervous that it took two near historic comebacks for San Francisco to get here. Yeah, not very reassuring, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, do, do we know who's singing the national anthem? They should just bring back Chris Stapleton every year. I, I was going to say Stapleton probably had by far the best anthem I've ever, ever seen at a Super Bowl. Dude, yeah. I watch that. I probably watch that once a month when I need to get fucking amped for like work. I'm just like, let's fucking go. <laughs> and, and you just start bawling like Sirianni. <laughs> so um, I will say... My first shout-out, I guess, I'll kick it off, is to Las Vegas because while I was there, I put money down on uh, Detroit against the spread, which they covered even though they lost. Bang, bang, yep. And then KC to win outright, and they were the underdog against Baltimore. So won both of those. Took the. This was separate from the bet that I texted you about. Took the winnings on that, went to the roulette table, and put it all on second twelve. And that came in, and I walked out. So it was a good little trip down there at the table. Yeah, and then took that, went to dinner at uh, Momofuku, had a nice meal. It was perfect. Oh, no, Ryan Lindgren's hurt again. Oh, shocker. <laughs> now, Momofuku, is that a sushi? Uh, it's like Asian fusion, I guess. But Asian it's fusion, uh, yeah. they do offer sushi and, like, uh, a bunch of dishes, but luckily I went, it was a work trip. So everything was on the company card. That's even better. The hotel room, all the food, all the meals, all the, the taxis, um, ev- all the alcohol was all on the company card. The only thing I paid for on that trip was one Starbucks order and my gambling. <laughs> Fuck that. That's nice. Yeah. So shout out, I guess to my company for that. <laughs> Um, and my last shout out is, uh, you know, I was getting a little nervous. I didn't receive my shipment of Girl Scout cookies for a little while there. Um, uh, but they finally came through the, arrived on Friday and have been honking her down on fucking Thin Mints since Saturday. So shout out to, uh, the littlest Naughton for, uh, getting me my damn cookies. <laughs> the, the, the girl has been pumping the product out like you're reading <laughs> She's been doing very well for herself. I think she, uh, I think she's basically right about now about a hundred past uh, whatever the original goal was. So I think the original goal was two hundred. I think she's just about at three. So okay, yeah. So she's doing. Uh, she's doing well. I'll give her that. <laughs> I remember when I placed my order. It gives you the tracker, like how many left until you hit. She hits her goal. And yes. when I placed my order, it was it knocked it down to like one fifty one, and then the next day when I looked, I opened up the link. It was like down to ninety nine. 
<laughs> yeah, so there's been some very big orders put in. So, so shout out to everyone buying from her. And then um, I also think that tractor was a little full of shit, though, too. Because <laughs> um, it would, like, come up and, like, people would order and then the thing wouldn't move. And, like, because for a while it was still at, like, 170-something. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I don't know where I looked. And then it was down, like you said, like down to like 99. And then it was down to 72. And I'm like, I don't think this thing is updating accordingly. And uh, yeah, girlfriend did pretty good. I'll give her that. All right. Good for her. Uh, you got any shout outs? Shout outs this week. I mean, Big Red just had a birthday. So shout out to Big Red. Happy birthday, uh, Red. 25 again. 25 again. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Um, and we we had a very busy hockey lately. We've been very busy with that. But um, I must say, I I love being on the ice with the kids. I, <laughs> it, it's great. It's much needed. So I'll, I'll take it. It's fun. it's always the whenever I see that those uh, reels now of like lacing up the skates of rip. Uh, slappers past my seven-year-old son who's playing in goal. <laughs> I'm like, that's Kev now. <laughs> oh, like, so we have a goalie, Avery, and I mean, she's great. And uh, her her dad, Scott, is also great too. It is um just so funny because, like, you know the kids, they'll always come with a, like, trash talk you on the side and things yeah. like that. <laughs> and, and that makes me laugh anyways. And uh, she'll be like, bro, blah, blah, blah. So I'll be, like, down at the other end of the ice, and, like, when she's in the net and she's not paying attention, I'll just scream with a puck. Bro! And once as we make eye, I will just rifle one right at her. And it's just so funny. And then some of them, she just walks right out of the net. She's like, no, I'm not saving your pucks. And I'm like, well, the bad news for you is I have no idea where they're going. So you walking out of the net is more dangerous. So uh, uh, so she's she's pulling the uh, Trish and Jari routine. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, so so it's been fun dealing with all the kids. I, I will say the basketball, woof, but the hockey's Ooh. great. Yeah, I've, I mean, that goes in general, you know what I mean? <laughs> Precisely, yes. Yeah. All right, well, now that the break is over, the Rangers' buy is over, the Bruins' buy is over, the deadline's in a little over a month. Trades are going to start happening. We're getting into the nitty-gritty. There's 33 games left in the regular season for most teams and getting right, in, right into the playoff matchups becoming clearer. So now we're getting into the, the real fun part, the meat of the, the podcasting season. Yeah, I was going to say the, the bread and butter part. Here we go. Yep. So, all right. So same time, same channel? Yeah, we'll, we'll try to do this either next week or the week after and giddy up. We'll go from there. Bye-bye. Breaks his heart seeing foreign cars filled with fumes.